Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. This is Kurt Wilson, your Armchair Survivalist, and today is April the 19th in the year 2020. Welcome to my show. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, uh, you can see how to listen to me. You can click on a link that says uh, listen live in the chat room, uh, listen to my show 24 hours a day. You can scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see all the different podcast venues I'm on. I mean, you name it, I'm on it. And then on top of that, on the left-hand side of any page at armchairsurvivalist.com, you'll see uh, the little white nipper dog listening to the RC Victor gramophone. Well, you click on that, and that'll take you to my uh, archive, and you can listen to each one of my shows. Now, we got to get into the show because this is, this, this is uh, i got a lot to talk about. I don't have much time because I found a documentary. You know how when I talk about the Wuhan virus and I, and I have a name of, of a, a scientist that worked in the, in the uh, clinic in Wuhan that invented this stuff and, and then I have another name of somebody else and then, well, there was a guy who from the Epic Times, an investigative journalist who put it all together. You have to hear it. Uh, it'll, it drove me crazy listening to all the Chinese names because I don't, you know, they're just, to me, they sound strange. Uh, to a Chinese, it wouldn't sound strange. I sound strange. Of course, then again, I sound strange to almost everyone. Okay, quick news about Survival Enterprises. We, we still can't take credit card or debit cards yet. Every time that we are almost ready to take them, some new kind of crap comes up that causes us not to be able to take them. So I'm not even going to consider it right now. We still can take checks over the phone. We're authorized to do that. It's 100% secure. We have better security here than a Department of Defense. Of course, that isn't saying much because they're hacked on a weekly basis, but your uh, information is always private. We're limited on our antivirals, our oregano oil. Uh, we're out of the Ultimate Daily Vitamin. We're out of the Immune Booster. We have oregano oil. And we have a, we're limited right now for the next few months. See, our, our oregano oil is pure, and it comes from direct from Turkey. Turkey's not shipping anything right now. They will be soon. Oh, by the way, we just got in zinc. Now, if you followed my show and, well, pretty much anybody else's, zinc is one of the uh, antivirals that everybody should have been taking already. I don't understand why it, it, it wasn't touted as, as, uh, as such. What it does, it stops the, the uh, virus from replicating. So we have zinc. It's not on the website yet. We have the the lozenges that you would suck on, and we also have 50 milligram zinc uh, uh, tablets. We're trying to get the stronger zinc. An update uh, up for updating yourself or keeping yourself just safe is 50 milligrams a day. When you go into the treatment phase, it's like 200 to 250 milligrams a day. There is a possibility of depletion of copper in your system, so you would also want at the same time some kind of source of copper, and Survival Enterprises has that. We have we have ionic copper. It's in a little pint bottle, and you drink like a cap of it a day, and that's all. So we have zinc. You'll have to call us, and our number is 800-753-1981. That's the store, which is in Hayden, Idaho. You can go to survivalenterprises.com, se1.us, or call us 800-753-1981. Okay, let's get into the economy real quick. Banks are getting ready right now for massive defaults. What do you, you know, what do you expect? The government has destroyed the economy in the United States. And no, Trump hasn't. It's all Democrats and rhinos. I'm in Idaho. We're supposed to have a, a, a Republican uh, governor here. He was one of the first to shut down states. So me, you know, we're an essential business, but it doesn't matter if we were or not. I, I, I told him to go to hell and I'm going to stay open anyway. And no police is going to come in here and tell me to close the doors. So we're still open. And there's a lot of us up here. You, you, you wouldn't know that there was a lockdown in Idaho. Anyway, 
banks are bracing for defaults. There are people not paying their mortgages, people not paying the rent, people not paying uh, loans, and it, these are coming due faster and faster. This is going to get this is going to get massive, and this is going to be another domino uh, falling. Now, let's see the communists in Congress. Uh, you might refer to them as Democrats. I no longer will. They the twelve hundred dollar one time payment that everybody's supposed to get not good enough. Not good enough. Now they want everyone. Every citizen in the United States to get $2,000 a month from the government indefinitely. And then uh, if, if everybody got that, how many people would say, you know, I really don't need to work again. The government's paying me. I'm just going to stay home and screw off. Nah, no problem. There is some shenanigans going on in the National Rifle Association. I'm sure a lot of you are members and a lot of you have heard a few things here and there uh, in New York's state is is uh, investigating the NRA and a few other states are investigating the NRA and uh, let me tell you has nothing to do with anti-gun policies it has to do with it has to do with corruption starting at the top i have a uh, my brother's in the NRA he's he's one of the representatives i got a phone call from him last week everybody got fired everybody got fired there're no more representatives for the National Rifle Association anywhere in the United States i'm not going to go into the whole thing because i'm going to put it put a uh, major report together on on the NRA. As it is, all of the uh, representatives have been fired, the supervisors have been fired. Well, they're not really fired. Here here's the thing, they're called it's called furloughed. It means you're not going to get paid for anything. They don't expect you to do any work, but be ready if they call you back up. Meanwhile, you still get your insurance. Anyway, we'll go into that further at another date after I put a whole report together. Wholesale gas. This is the cost of gas that the gas stations pay has dropped to 15 cents a gallon in most places, right? So I look outside the door here in Hayden, Idaho, and I see a gas station down the street, and they want $1.64 a gallon. They're paying 28 cents a gallon. They're screwing us and ripping us off. They're not following the standard policy of add X amount towards whatever I pay, and that's what everybody else is going to pay. You know, it's now you, you go through the town, and everybody everybody is at the same price, except Costco. Costco is the cheapest there is right now. I've had uh, people call me from Texas, tell me dollar twenty-five. Guy in Missouri said it was ninety-nine cents. Listen, all of that, all the money that uh, that that we're all supposed to be getting is twelve hundred dollars. If you don't need it, you know what you need to do. You need to buy a satellite dish. Go to Rick's satellite. I'll have a link. I'll put the links up. I I was not able to put the links up from last week's show. I'll get them and this week's show up. Rick Satellite. You can always go on the internet and just do a search for Rick Satellite. For 250 bucks, something like that, you can get a full satellite system. And uh, the key with this is you mount it up, aim it at a satellite, and you have, it's called FTA, free through the air. You can watch television. You can listen to news. You can hear me on Global Star Satellite. So you can listen to Alex Jones, listen, listen to everybody. It, it, it gives you access to the world. And there's no charge. You just buy this, the equipment, hook it up, and point it. There's no charge for whatever you're, you're going to watch. It's not like you're going to watch HBO or any of that stuff. That's what I suggest. You know, you're going to have all that money. You might as well use it for something for yourself. Let's get into health and food. There are about 130,000 pounds of frozen meals. This is, you know, you throw them in the microwave and give it two minutes, three minutes, and then boom, you got food. Well, about 130,000 pounds of these things. And the funny part is they're called healthy choice. They're being recalled because they, well, they have rocks in them. Biggest problem that we have in the United States for food, and I mean the biggest problem, is that food processing, food handling, that's everything from tomatoes to cows. 
is generally done by Muslims or Mexicans. And the problem with the lack of hygiene on both of them is causing so many problems. And the high level, now I'm not saying all of them are incompetent, but the majority of these people are incompetent because they don't give a damn. They're not Americans. Most of them aren't. They don't really care. So the news came out that Smithfield processing, food processing, mostly pork, is closing uh, one or two of their plants. This is this is what you're seeing in the media. And they're trying to keep it as quiet as possible. Let, let me give you some ideas here. Number one, Smithfield's is owned by the Chinese government. All of their plants are owned by the Chinese government. And all of their plants are closing because what would they, what they were doing was they would process pork and then they ship it to uh, China. Well, they're not shipping anything to China right now. So China said, well, what the hell? If we can't have it, nobody can. So they closed down the plants. And I'm watching one of these articles play out and they're talking about how, how over 500 of the employees in this one plant tested positive for the coronavirus, for the Wuhan virus. And then they went on to say, well, it was hard to figure it out because there are over 80 languages spoken in this plant. Until we start using Americans who actually give a damn about America processing our foods, we are going to be at risk and in danger chronically. Now, this plant closing, it's not one plant. There's five of them. You're not hearing this. You're only hearing bits and pieces of it. They're closing these plants. This has got Canada freaked out because Smithfield, there's a lot There's a lot of Chinese in Canada and they were shipping pork into Canada. Canadian governments come out and give major warnings on meat shortages coming up. Coming up. All of this that I've been talking about, all of this that you've heard from the uh, uh, the Ice Age farmer and other places of food shortages, this is real. I'm seeing this, and it's all over. Last week, I played a clip of the Ice Age farmer where the guy was talking about how he's standing in front of a million pounds of onions that are going to be rotting. Well, we got that in Idaho. And in fact, and, and the reason is, is that all the restaurants are closed, all the schools are closed, cafeterias are closed. They're not buying the billions of dollars worth of farm products, including beef, chicken, pork, milk, potatoes, onions, carrots, radishes. They're not buying any of that stuff. So these farmers don't know what to do with it. Now, Trump is trying to figure out ways to buy this stuff, to process it for long-term storage, and then use it to feed Americans. Guaranteed, the communists are going to be fighting him at all phases on that. There are warnings of food shortages coming up. I'm seeing it. We're going to different places, and we're seeing the food shortages. You, normally, when you would go to the store and, and you want to look at the beef racks, you know, the cold, cold racks, it's half empty. Idaho. And for those of you in Idaho... And you want potatoes? Well, this guy, it's a farm uh, in Idaho, is giving away potatoes. He has hundreds of thousands of pounds of potatoes, and he doesn't want to rot. He doesn't want them to rot. He can't sell them. He's giving them away. And this is happening throughout the United States. If you pay attention, you'll find places that are giving away food. Now, just for you that are locally or in Idaho, Oakley, Idaho is where it's at. It's 1300 South, 700 West. It's in Oakley, Idaho, O-A-K-L-E-Y, Free Potatoes. It's called Cranny Farms, C-R-A-N-N-E-Y Farms. Tell them the armchair survivalist sent you. Now I've got the uh, latest from the Ice Age Farmer. If you have any intention of eating meat from the grocery store over the next year or so, I highly recommend that you go ahead and buy it now and stock up that freezer because it's not looking good for the world's 
protein meat supply right now. This from Smithfield in the U.S., which is owned by China. It's going to be devastating. One of the country's largest pork processing facilities is closing, and that is indefinitely. Smithfield announced today that the Sioux Falls, South Dakota facility will remain closed until further notice. We are temporarily closing it, just like these temporary medical martial law that we'll institute until things get back to normal. That's not going to happen. The plant is one of the largest pork processing facilities in the U.S., representing 4 to 5% of total U.S. pork production. Just stopped. It supplies nearly 130 million servings of food per week. That is 18 million meals per day that are no longer being produced and served up from the United States, employing 3,700 people. More than 550 independent family farms supply this plant. Quote, the closure of this facility, combined with a growing list of other protein plants, is pushing our country perilously close to the edge in terms of our meat supply. It is impossible to keep our grocery stores stocked if plants aren't running. Also, these facility closures will have severe and almost certainly disastrous repercussions for many other people in the supply chain. First and foremost, the nation's livestock farmers. These farmer ranchers have nowhere to send their animals. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly the problem. If you think of the supply chain as a factory moving things forward, then when Smithfield down the line stops processing, then the pigs that are growing up and being fed earlier in the line have nowhere to go. This creates, as we'd read previously, significant animal welfare troubles, meaning there's more animals coming in. There's no food to feed the animals that we weren't get ready to, we weren't able to get rid of. There's just a, it's a, it's a cluster problem everywhere and it cascades throughout the supply chain. Reuters is covering this as well. The biggest pork, world's biggest pork producer is shutting off, like we said, four to five percent of hog production, pushing us perilously close to the edge. When we saw a mountain of squash coming from the beaches of Florida, because producers there are unable to find markets for their product. The restaurants are shut down, the schools are shut down, and their contracts weren't able to deliver on them. And so this is backing them up. Obviously, that's going to cause huge financial stress on those producers, but it's really not going to be a huge shock to the supply chain. This is just a temporary misallocation of those resources, given that we've we've shut down those markets. But the, the meat situation is different. And so that is not as disturbing. Even the lines of 60,000 people in the equivalent of a bread line for the soup kitchen in Manhattan today, and long lines, of course, of cars in San Antonio. We've seen lines that are almost like the Great Depression, only 2020 version. These scenes today were harrowing, and so too are these warnings that we're going to be having mid-April, late-April winter storms, almost record cold temperatures that are going to cause, according to USDA's chief meteorologist, billions of dollars in damage this year, potentially, based on the fact that it did so last time in 2007 and 2017. This would also cause planting delays over the next two to three weeks. Still not as bad as last year, but worth mentioning. Each of these things would be hugely noteworthy independently. But what's really driving, you know, the Florida, I should have mentioned, those are thousands of acres worth of fruits and vegetables being plowed over or left to rot into the fields. Um, this is just like the same thing we're seeing with 3.7 million gallons of milk being dumped by dairy farmers all, all over the nation every day. And we'd warned that this would be the same as well for meat packers if processors didn't come back online. And indeed, now that especially as more and more of these are, are going offline, pure chaos 
is erupting in the meat supply chain. Indeed, I received this video from an anonymous uh, Northwest Iowa resident today who caught this large poultry operation on video dumping dead chickens out of their poultry house onto flatbed trucks. There's a line of trucks receiving dead chickens. Surely they're going off to go bury them. We can say that with some certainty because it's been happening around the world. And just to be perfectly clear, ladies and gentlemen, you are looking at the machine that feeds society shutting down. This is a controlled demolition of our food supply. We knew this situation in Sioux Falls was developing because only a few days ago they had identified this as a hot spot, according to the South Dakota Department of Health, and Smithfield was connected to a lot of the a lot of the cases up there. So this case to shut down meat production had been ramping up gradually over time. And sure enough, like I said yesterday, the governor actually reached out and said, we'd really like to request that you just shut down your meat production until further notice. A temporary shutdown with no specified end date. This does build upon the fact that other meat plants around the country have been shutting down. From uh, Reuters here, quote, reduced meat output from the shutdowns threatens to tighten supplies of certain products at a time when demand is rising at grocery stores. Tyson shut down a hog slaughterhouse in Columbus Junction, Iowa. That's 2% of our total slaughtering capacity. National Beef said it suspended cattle slaughtering at uh, Tama, Iowa. These are unprecedented times for the industry. And JBS also had halted operations at a beef plant in Suderton, Pennsylvania. All of these shutdowns mean that there is a glut of meat, right? As Chris Van Beek puts it, what are we going to do with those 200,000 pigs? Producers are going to go broke without any place to sell their pigs or their poultry, or their beef. They're going to be forced to euthanize their animals since we can't empty out the barns. This is a significant problem. In fact, in his words, most small producers only work with one plant, so this is going to be a first-class disaster for Northwest Iowa. Stepping back a second, this is the case around the world. We've been seeing this same situation play out. We saw in China, coronavirus fears forced China into mass chicken coal with a 100 million young chickens slaughtered due to the fact that there was a shutdown. They couldn't move animal feed around their country to keep the operations running. So they were forced just to kill off the the chickens and dump them just like we're seeing in Northwest Iowa right now. Again, in India, same sort of a situation. Social media rumors on WhatsApp linking chickens to coronavirus literally crashed the market in a matter of days there, costing the entire poultry market 1.6 billion rupees a day. We can read down here that the barrage of WhatsApp forwards warning against poultry consumption only got worse over time. The warnings against diseased chicken became more dire. There were pictures and videos until finally farmers, ranchers who had been selling their chickens for uh, for 80 rupees each are now forced to sell them for like 5 to 10 rupees each. Basically a complete collapse in the poultry market, wiping out these people. And these are all small farm, you know, subsistence level farms uh, for the most part there. And so they're wiped out. Globally, we're seeing protein production decimated right now. And farmers, here again, he drove his 
birds dug a hole and buried them. Although he later denied doing that because it's against the law. But this is the scene that's playing out. You see that this is not a one-time thing in some field in Iowa. This is what happens when you can't feed your birds or when you can't get them to market or when the slaughterhouse shuts down and your pigs are already full weight. And at that point, they keep putting on weight even faster. You can't afford to feed them. What are you going to do? You're going to be forced to euthanize them and throw them in a hole. It's just a terrible situation. To really drive this home, you can't just spin production back up. I've also been hearing from other folks that Tyson has been culling off all of their laying hens right now. And if those hens aren't there to lay the eggs to create the layers for next year, then egg production... Mean, we're just we're watching all of our protein production be systematically dismantled right now. And of course, this was the plan. There are better ways to do this than completely shutting down the food production for the entire country. But that's not the goal. The goal is to shut down the engine that feeds society and then to use the ensuing food scarcity to take even tighter totalitarian control over you and over the food supply and over everything. And we're seeing this play out. Obviously, this is a big pharma, Bill Gates-sponsored end run around the Constitution in the United States. But all of those things are absolutely at play within our food supply as well. Bird flus playing out in China and now that's actually happening in here again in the U.S. The USDA has just confirmed a highly pathogenic avian influenza. Whether or not that's just a cover for the fact that they're going to have to cull off much of the, the poultry supply, it's hard to say. No bird flu was reported in Iowa where we saw those birds being dumped out of the side of that operation. So that can't be the... They would be required to report that. So we know that's not the case. And then just to get a, a bit of perspective here, when you look at the U.S. and China down here is in green, and then India in yellow. Those are the one, three, and four producers of chickens in the world. And all of them are having, as we just saw, hundreds of millions of chickens thrown to the wayside right now. They're being offlined. That leaves Brazil as the number two, and they have already been picking up a bit of the slack over the last year. First shipment of Brazilian chicken to India in a year when the world is already facing a shortage of meat protein. Please note that was the case before the virus, before this current insanity. We were already talking about global protein shortages. It just wasn't reaching the retail market yet. And indeed, during this coronavirus escalating, Brazil is winning over new food markets because everyone else is killing their birds and their hogs and their cows. But that was the plan. And so too is it the plan to put fake lab-grown meat on your plate. Remember Wired Magazine? Lab-grown meat is coming whether you like it or not, was their headline. Here from Ag Funder News, we see that even in this massive recession, the greatest depression ever, things are worse, you know, the Fed is printing money to, to, to cover everything and bail out everything. Even amidst this financial wreckage and massive layoffs, somehow these lab-grown meat companies are still able to secure massive rounds. Uh, this one, Kale United, pulling down 350,000 euros in a single day to fund their... Somehow, that money is still flowing, even while everything else is shutting down. And you have to ask yourself, why is that happening? How are those things still moving forward? Well, it's because that's the plan. Here's from the mirror.co.uk pushing that agenda. Textured lab meat made from cow muscle cells could see the closure of abattoirs, which is slaughterhouses. Scientists stumbled over the development. We just, we just happened to figure it out when we were growing human muscle tissue for grafting. We had no intention of adopting the technique to fast food. And if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. Textured meat made from cow muscle cells has been created in a lab and in advance that could bring us closer to shutting our abattoirs. And 
here you see the woman at the Israel Institute of Technology responsible for this. Of course, that's bollocks. We've been hearing uh, since Lord Birkenhead a hundred years ago about how they were going to get rid of animal agriculture and uh, move to la- cell-cultured meat that they're calling clean meat. It's disgusting. This is a long-standing plan, and they are seizing on this opportunity now. Never let the crisis go to waste. They are not. They are going for the cashless, meatless, transhumanist society, and they're doing it now. Also worth mentioning that Michigan has joined Vermont in banning the sale of seeds. There is no rational explanation for why you would want to cut people off from seeds unless you are trying to preclude them from securing their own food supply, from growing their own food. You know, for many years, Survival Enterprises sold heirloom seeds. We were totally out of them now, but it's a good thing I kept 10 cases back for myself, isn't it? We just had a meeting with one of our customers. He's a good customer of mine, and he drives truck for a company that hauls raw milk. He works in Grant County, Washington, state of Washington. Now, there's 140-something dairies in Washington. He told me, he goes, look, there's a problem here, is that all of the dairy farms, all of them, are mostly Mexicans. They, they're, they're non-hygienic in any way, shape, or form. They pretend to wash their hands now and then. I mean, he said, this is well-known. Nobody pays attention to it because, you know, the, the farmers need the help. If one of the dairy farms, just any of them, pop positive for the Wuhan virus, the governor will close all of the dairy farms in the state of, of uh, Washington. This isn't a maybe. This is like any second now this could happen. And I said, well, I don't, I don't drink milk, and schools don't, aren't there to take the, buy the milk anyway. He goes, no, you don't understand. Look at the ingredients of most processed foods. You will see milk is one of the ingredients. Or lactose, which comes out of milk, is one of the ingredients. We sell a line of sublingual, uh, little sublingual mini pills here. And guess what? All of the binding materials in every single one of them is lactose. So if that happens, there is another domino going to fall that's really going to affect everyone. Now, listen, let's get into the Wuhan virus section. And I have, uh, I was able to this time, because I don't have that many articles, I, I was able to break them down. The And I've said this before, and so has everyone else. 90% of everybody who has who shows positive with the Wuhan virus is uh, has complications, underlying complications. All kinds of different ones. There's uh, five major ones that they're looking at. The, and, and, and this is real. In the United States especially, it's bad because of the level of obesity we have in the U.S. But hypertension is one of them. Obesity is one of them. Chronic lung disease. And that there's many different versions of that. Diabetes, just plain diabetes. And cardiovascular diseases. Now I have a link, and, and I'll have all these links up eventually, that show the dangers of it and how many people are suffering from these these underlying conditions. It's bad. If you have an underlying... I don't know. This is like some kind of a magical, weird plan to take out everybody who's who's not in tip-top shape. Now, I'm not in tip-top shape. Well, I was a few years ago, a, a few. Now, another thing pops up this week on the uh, Wuhan virus. And I don't quite grasp the whole concept of it. The, it. the link will be there that you can look at. But it talks about... it's it's uh, It has to do with the ability to process iron in the uh, blood and sometimes giving oxygen defeats the purpose now i'll leave this to people smarter than me to figure out remember when that the owner of the patriots flew a plane to china filled it with the medical masks and flew it back here and i said no what what could possibly 
what could possibly go wrong. Those masks that they sent back in that plane, they aren't N95 masks. They're what the Chinese are calling KN or knockoff. They're lower quality masks. They're, they're the kind of mask that you or me would wear out in public. They're not the kind of mask that you're going to want to wear in a hospital setting or in an emergency room setting or in, in any medical setting whatsoever. So that's the, the whole problem with those masks is that they sent them out to all these hospitals and the hospitals refused them because they, well, we can't use them. They don't qualify as, as a, a medical mask. Now, I've been listening, just like you have, to the Democrat governors of, oh, New York and New Jersey and, and other third world countries complain about how bad it is and how Trump has blood in his hands and all of this crap. Well, New Jersey, and I, you probably didn't hear this, quietly is issuing withholding of care rules. Withholding of care rules. Patients showing substantial clinical deterioration that portends a very low chance for survival will have critical care discontinued. This is a rule that's been issued by New Jersey Department of Health. So, just what we thought. They're going to determine who's going to live and die. Oh, and the uh, communist government came out and they said, uh, we, we miscounted uh, everybody who had died during the, uh, the big outbreak here in Wuhan and, and roundabouts area. So it, it's, um, it's pretty much double. It's pretty much double what we said. Uh, they're lying anyway, so who cares? There is data out there that shows between 15 and 25 million people died in China due to this virus. So the Chinese government comes out and says, well, yeah, we, um, we, 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 we omit, omitted some data and there, there were some delays getting data to us. And, and well, there was a few mistakes. And so the city, uh, so it has revised their death rates to about 50,000 people as of last Thursday. This thing, this, this uh, bio-warfare thing that's been occurring, it's nothing new and it's not just China. The CIA, as a matter of fact, funded the bioweapons research in China. The CIA funds bioweapon research in 25 countries around the world. See, it's illegal to do it here in the United States, even though they do. Hamilton, Montana, not too far from me, at the foot of the Bitterroot Mountains, and uh, they have a, a plant there where they do biological warfare testing. But the CIA funds all of it, just like the CIA funds uh, and controls the media. The Chinese have been looking at bio-warfare now for decades because that is the easiest and safest way to take over a country. If you've ever read The Art of War by Sun Tzu, a Chinese, very fam famous Chinese general, hundreds of years ago, in it he says, basically, attack your enemy where he is weakest. Well, right now, the United States is weaker than we've ever been in history, except in December 7th, 1941, when we had all our major ships docked at uh, Fort Island, Pearl Harbor, and the Japanese attacked. Well, guess what? Right now, the whole eastern region, aircraft carriers and their strike groups are, are docked right now on the east coast. And they claim it's for repairs, but it basically what it is, there's over a thousand sailors sick aboard the ships. There's a documentary, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, documentary came out. This guy has time, place, form, and event of everything that's been going on. This is going to be about 50 minutes. This is real. This isn't pretend. And he has the data to back everything up. Please listen to it. 
I began looking into the origin of the now widely known coronavirus in early February. With its timing amid the Hong Kong protests, the Taiwan elections, and the U.S.-China trade. My name is Joshua Phillip. I'm an investigative reporter at the Epoch Times in New York, writing about the Chinese Communist Party's programs of espionage and unconventional warfare for well over a decade. Videos and messages from Chinese citizens leaking through the censorship suggested the situation was much worse than what the regime was reporting. As my research progressed, initial answers turned into more questions. I soon realized there was much more to the story than we were being told. Today, the coronavirus is impacting over a hundred countries around the world. Billions of lives are at risk. And from what is said by the Chinese Communist Party, this allegedly started spontaneously in the seafood market in Wuhan, China. Wuhan is the capital of Hubei province, the largest city in central China. Huanan Seafood Market is located in Jianghan District of Wuhan City. It is a large, comprehensive market that includes pork and a variety of frozen seafood, flavored spices, as well as some game meats. The first thing that received public attention about the epidemic was an internal notice from the Wuhan Health Commission. There has been a continuous occurrence of pneumonia cases of unknown cause. The notice issued on December 30, 2019, clearly required all medical units to report similar cases of unknown pneumonia. The notice started spreading online, and on December 31, 2019, the Wuhan Health Commission issued a public notice for the first time saying that some medical institutions found a link between the pneumonia cases and the Huanan seafood market. However, the notice pointed out that there was no evidence of obvious human-to-human transmission and no infection among medical personnel. On January 1st, 2020, the Huanan seafood market posted a notice of closure. This was followed by a thorough cleanup of the market, which as an investigative reporter seemed rushed. Huan Yi, a well-known Hong Kong expert, echoed my concern that the move was like destroying a crime scene. Since then, Wuhan officials have repeatedly said that most cases of pneumonia in Wuhan have a history of exposure to the Huanan seafood market. On January 26, the Institute of Virology of China CDC announced that 33 of the 585 environmental samples from the Huanan seafood market were found to contain the novel coronavirus nucleic acid, and the virus was successfully isolated from the positive culture samples, suggesting that the virus originated from wild animals sold at the market. At this point, Hunan Seafood Market being the source of the epidemic became an official conclusion. A few days later, however, a report from the journal Science published online challenged that story. The report cited a paper in The Lancet, one of the world's top medical journals, and questioned whether Wuhan's novel coronavirus pneumonia could not have originated at the market. The paper titled, Clinical Features of Patients Infected with 2019 Novel Coronavirus in Wuhan, China, was published in The Lancet on January 24. The first author of the paper is Huang Chaolin, Deputy Director of Jin Yin Tan Hospital the first designated hospital for treatment of unknown pneumonia in Wuhan. Why would this come as a challenge to the official narrative? I think this journal article is very important. It reveals a lot of important information. For example, this paper talk about the first patient onset was actually on December 1st. These patients are not related to Huanan Seafood Market. And also no epidemiological association was found. 
between the first patient and subsequent patient. And then also on this paper, I talk about on December 10th, there were three more onset cases, two of which were not related to Huanan Seafood Market Wholesale. Major discoveries that a total of 41 patients were counted in this paper, and 14 of them proved to be unrelated to the seafood market, accounting for more than one third. No one sells bed at the seafood market too, and the official from CDCs didn't mention they find any beds in the seafood market too. Certainly the Lancet paper showing that supposed patient zero was nowhere near the market. Secondly, that there are no bats in the seafood market or anywhere close. The idea of the spread so fast through a population, just the way it was said through the seafood market, is highly unlikely and improbable. On January 29th, the Lancet republished an analysis of 99 confirmed cases at Jin Yin Tan Hospital, of which 50 had no history of exposure to the seafood market. According to the New England Journal, of the 425 cases confirmed, 45 cases onset before January 1st had no history of exposure to the seafood market. Notably, the authors of the two Lancet papers in the New England Journal of Medicine are doctors and medical experts in mainland China. Daniel Lucy, an epidemiologist at the University of Georgetown, said in response to the Lancet paper that if the data were accurate, the first case would have been infected by the virus already in November 2019 because of the incubation period between infection and symptoms. This would mean that the virus was quietly spreading between people in some parts of Wuhan before the cluster of cases with a history of exposure. The Huanan Seafood Market began on December 15. The first expert group from the National Health Commission arrived in Wuhan as early as December 31, 2019. The expert panel established a set of diagnostic criteria. After investigating Jin Tan Hospital of Wuhan that stipulated a history of contact with Huanan Seafood Market, the person having a fever, and displaying the whole genome sequence. All three standards have to be met to confirm a case. This standard was used until a second group of experts, including Zhang Nanshan, arrived in Wuhan on January 18th and made a revision. Why did the panel impose a history of seafood market exposure as a criteria of diagnosis, knowing that at least a third of the cases were unrelated to the seafood market? Today's clearly known about 14 patients not related to Huanan Sea Monkey at all. That clearly means there's another source of outbreak. I think somehow this could be a malfeasance or somewhat intentionally cover up some important source of infection. It can go a long way to covering up the actual source by imposing a false place and you're not looking at the actual victims. Then you're only allowed to find your keys under the light post. The numbers that we're getting from China about new infections and deaths are highly suspicious. We know that Beijing for six weeks in December and January suppressed information of the epidemic. And then when they officially acknowledged it on January 20, they then started a campaign of suppression of information. We know that because the central leading group that was announced on January 26 has a nine-person roster, and it's very heavy with propaganda officials. Indeed, the vice chairman of the group is the communist 
Communist Party's propaganda czar. It appears that uh, the party's main goal here is suppression of information, controlling the narrative. That's more important to them than actually ending the epidemic. I was in China when SARS happened, and we were evacuated, and it's the same. It was exact same thing. There's no transparency. They tried as, as long as they could to cover it up until finally it was just like with the coronavirus. They could no longer cover it up, and then they proceeded to act. I mean, I think from my perception back then, their response to it is exactly the same. On January 10th, China disclosed the full genome sequence of the Wuhan novel coronavirus, and many of the world's top virologists began analyzing it. As early as January 7th, academic Zhang Yongzhen from the National Institute of Communicable Disease Control and Prevention, along with the School of Public Health of Fudan University, submitted a joint paper to Nature. The paper was published on February 3rd, and pointed out that the Wuhan coronavirus is closely related to COVZC45 and COVZXC21, two viruses sampled from bats in Zhushan by the People's Liberation Army. The Wuhan coronavirus has an 89.1% nucleotide similarity to the COVZC45 virus and even exhibits 100% amino acid similarity in the NSP7 and E proteins. Shortly after the paper was published, other scientists used BLAST, a program developed by the National Institute of Health and the National Center for Biotechnology Information, to compare the viral sequence based on the data submitted by Chinese authorities on January 12th. The results matched with Zhang's findings. Another scientist, Lu Raojian from the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention and their team also published a paper in The Lancet on January 30th. The paper stated that the Wuhan virus has an 88% similarity to two bat-derived SARS-like coronaviruses collected in Zhushan, Zhejiang province of China. The earliest discovery of this bat-derived virus is by an expert from the Research Institute for Medicine of Nanjing Command. A paper published in 2018 states that scientists from this institute detected many SARS-like coronaviruses in bats from Zhushan City, also known as bat-like coronavirus, Zhaoshan virus. In short, scientists found the Wuhan coronavirus, the current pandemic, is highly similar to a bat SARS-like coronavirus previously discovered by the Nanjing Military Research Institute, showing 100% amino acid similarity in NSP7 and envelope protein, the E-protein. What does this high similarity reveal? Hard to see uh, proteins 100% identical when the virus jumps species. And so that suggesting uh, maybe the virus could be generated with a reverse engineer process. I certainly believe that the 100% amino acid similarity says it can't possibly be a natural mutation. It almost certainly is a recombination event that, that was laboratory driven. On January 21st, researchers from the Institute Pasteur, Shanghai, Chinese Academy of Sciences published a paper in Science China Life Sciences that mentioned an important phenomenon. The sequence of a key part of S protein of Wuhan virus has high homology with the SARS virus. What are S proteins? In the well-known coronavirus picture, they are little mushrooms attached to the surface of the virus. 
These S proteins, also known as spine proteins or spike proteins, are the most important tool for the coronavirus to invade human cells. If we compare the receptor, ACE2, on the cell surface of human bodies to a lock, this S protein is the key, which can unlock this lock on the cell surface and then invade into the cell to propagate and destroy it. That means virus now can infect human cells much easier. And that's probably also one of the important reasons that contributing to multi-organ failure when people have a very severe disease. They can spread out in the human body much faster. Well, the S proteins, the, that the, the high similarity of the S proteins from SARS-1 to now SARS-2, that's your spike protein. That's the lock and key. That's going to be what drives it right through human cells. And so we know that's the path pathogenic spike protein that for the original SARS. So now you're allowing that access to human tissues because the spike proteins of the natural evolutionary strains don't infect human cells at all. So that research has been going on at Wuhan and published since 2007. And clearly, if that spike protein from SARS weren't on the COVID, the new COVID-19 or SARS-2, it wouldn't be able to enter human cells. So again, this is again evidence that it couldn't go through the Wuhan seafood market because how did you get that spike protein off the original SARS from bats or any other way? It's lab-derived. Research into the virus genome sequence revealed many essential data points. According to a February 28 report in the South China Morning Post, the Shanghai P3 laboratory, which first shared the Wuhan coronavirus genome with the world, was ordered to close by authorities, impeding further research on the virus. Professor Zhang Yangzhen and his team, who published the genome sequence on January 11th, worked at this laboratory. According to a February 26 report on Chai Xin, Zhang Yangzhen's team isolated and completed the genome sequence of the previously unknown virus on January 5th. On the same day, the Shanghai Public Health Clinical Center reported the discovery to the National Health Commission and recommended prevention measures. No response was received as of January 11th. And it was then that the team decided to publicize the virus genome sequence on virological.org, becoming the first team to do so in the world. Chaishin also reported that the Hubei Health Committee already notified genome sequencing organizations on January 1st regarding the cessation of analysis of Wuhan virus samples. Existing virus samples must be destroyed. Information on the samples, related to papers and related data, are all prohibited from release. On January 3rd, China's National Health Commission distributed Notification Letter 2020 Number 3, in which a similar directive was presented. Afterwards, the once active Chinese scientific community suddenly fell into an eerie silence. What was the Chinese Communist Party trying to hide?
This telling us the Chinese government is censoring this information. They do not allow the samples to be sequenced or do not allow the sequence to be published or submitted to the gene bank. Its response to this virus is extremely troubling. It ignored it for six weeks. It allowed it to spread around China. It tried to get other countries to not protect themselves. This is dangerous, irresponsible behavior, and it's endangered not only the Chinese people, but people around the world. There is no other way of looking at it. They are responsible for the continuation of this coronavirus. And every time it comes back, because it will come back, because it's going to be with us now permanently, it will come back and every person that it kills, every person that it harms, is directly attributable to the Chinese Communist Party. Through investigating the genome sequence, I found it significant that the S protein of the Wuhan coronavirus was critical in its cross-species ability to infect humans. While I was searching for related studies online, one Chinese virologist in particular caught my attention. She spent many years researching bats and coronaviruses. She was the first to locate the key to how coronaviruses can overcome cross-species barriers in order to directly infect human bodies. And she was the first to discover that the SARS virus was the result of a restructuring of multiple SARS-like coronaviruses found in bats. Her name is Shi Zheng Li, and she may be an important link to the origin of the virus. Wikipedia describes Shi Zheng Li as a, quote, Chinese virologist and researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is part of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Further investigations show that Shi Zheng Li has been a figure of controversy since the Wuhan virus outbreak. This is due to a paper she published in 2015 discussing her own research into synthetic viruses. Chai Xin, a media company with ties to the Chinese Communist Party, interviewed Shi Zheng Li in an attempt to refute these rumors. Dr. Zheng Li is one of the top experts in China uh, studying about coronavirus uh, in Wuhan Institute of Virology. She has so many publications from uh, collecting identified bad coronavirus from bad caves. Her lab has these capacities and very sophisticated capacity to generate mutations to make it best fit in human expression as well. Delving further into related information, I discovered that Shi Zheng Li published not one, but four papers in total, each of which contains important information. Since the SARS outbreak in 2003, Shi Zheng Li has been conducting research on coronaviruses. From 2010 onward, the focus of Shi and her team was redirected to identifying the capacity for coronavirus transmission across species, specifically putting the spotlight on the S protein of the coronaviruses. In other words, her team's research in the Wuhan lab has been looking into the part that can make coronaviruses transmittable to humans. In June 2010, a team including Shi Zheng Li published a paper. It describes research to understand the susceptibility of angiotensin converting enzyme 2 ACE2 proteins of different bat species to the S protein of the SARS virus. In the experiments, they also modified key amino acid condoms to mutate the bat's ACE2 to examine compatibility with the SARS-S protein. This paper demonstrated their awareness of the special relationship between the S protein and the ACE2 receptor. 
It also signified that she had unearthed the passageway for coronaviruses into human bodies. In October 2013, she and her team published a paper in the authoritative science journal Nature. They claimed a breakthrough in coronavirus research. What was their breakthrough? They successfully isolated three viruses from bats, one of which had an S protein that integrated with human ACE2 receptors. This effectively demonstrated the human infection of SARS-like viruses to humans without the need of an intermediary host. Then, in November 2015, she and her team at the Wuhan lab once again published a paper, this time in the British journal Nature Medicine. They discussed the creation of a synthetic virus, a self-replicating chimeric virus. This virus had the SARS virus as the framework, with the key S protein replaced by the one they had found in a bat coronavirus she mentioned in her 2013 paper. This new virus demonstrated a powerful ability for cross-species infection. The mice infected with this synthetic virus revealed severe lung damage with no cure. This symbolized that she's successful splicing of the SARS virus was a key to open the door to the cross-species transmission. What is startling is that the successful experiments on mice were only the tip of the iceberg. They planned to further experiment on primates. Although Shi Zhengli did not indicate any conclusion from this research, her move to research on primates suggests this was to more closely simulate the infection of humans with this new synthetic virus. This wasn't done without controversy, however. Xi's experiments quickly triggered widespread debates from the academic community. Simon Wayne Hobson of the Pasteur Institute in France expressed deep concerns. He told Nature, if the new virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory. Propagation could happen anywhere. His statement is exactly what's happening, that the virus is everywhere and it could not spread that fast through various countries unless it's been spread via laboratories, via the mail, via research scientists studying that. Additional studies very strongly support the idea that this new coronavirus came from a recombination event, that is a cutting and pasting of two different viruses. So her work proves or strongly supports the hypothesis that it could not possibly have been generated in a natural zoonotic transmission, but had to come from a hospital setting, the laboratory setting almost certainly the biosafety level for Wuhan research facility. However, this did not terminate Xi's research. On November 14, 2018, Xi Jingli spoke at the School of Life Sciences and Biotechnology at Shanghai Jiao Tong University. The topic was bat coronavirus and its cross-species infection. Reports of this event have since been deleted from the university website. I discovered two more significant pieces of information regarding the dangers of the research conducted by Xi Zhengli's team. First, on October 16, 2014, the Obama administration, wary of the potential threats to public health from the gain-of-function GOF research into SARS, MERS, or influenza, announced through the National Institute of Health that it was suspending 
funding into similar research. The funding pause included Xi Jinli's research project, Genetic Engineering of SARS-like Coronavirus in Bats, a collaborative effort with Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist at the University of North Carolina. Second, after the Wuhan outbreak, Indian researchers compared the S-protein sequence between 2019 NCOV and SARS. They discovered that 2019 NCOV had four new sequences inserted, all of which can be found in HIV sequences through a search on GenBank. Xi Zhengli discredited those observations, although she never denied the existence of the four inserted sequences. However, scientists probing GenBank found that there were only three viruses containing all sequences. The first is the HIV virus itself. The second is a bat coronavirus discovered by Xi. And the third is this new Wuhan coronavirus. We've done this kind of work for now 40 years for me. There's this sequence analysis and comparison of the virus of the SARS-2 COVID-19 apparently has genes that come from other human and other species, including some envelope, the GP41 from HIV. What is the HIV's GP41? The answer I found online describes GP41 as a protein of HIV that acts as the key to infecting human bodies, resulting in the functional failure of the immune system. If the discovery by Judy and her colleagues are established, it would mean the infectious part of the Wuhan virus, the S protein, incorporated the sequence of the HIV key protein. This made me think of the immunodeficiency symptoms in people infected. They were doing research on a human transmittable coronavirus that was actually published in a paper. So this is research that they actually published. They were working on developing a coronavirus for the human host, which, you know, leads you to question, why would you be creating a coronavirus that can infect humans? What would be the purpose of that research? Is it, is it for a weapon? Is it so that you can then create a vaccine that you are the sole recipient of the profits from? The Chinese have full access to our databases. They have full access to all that research that comes out. They have full access to all our universities to train their scientists. And they have full access to our scientists, like was, you know, with the recent indictment of the uh, head of the chemistry department at Harvard. I mean, this is the Thousand Talents program. Tens of thousands of, of, the, most, uh, of the world's most brightest people in all of these different um, areas that are going to China to help them with their programs. And all of these programs, as you know, have a dual-use capability. Beijing's attacks on the United States, which have occurred for weeks and weeks, are really worrying. What it shows is that China is desperate, and the United States needs to defend itself because China is propagating this narrative that we spread the coronavirus to China. So the United States needs to just come out with the facts about how China took coronavirus samples from Canada and the United States. They sent them to Wuhan. We don't know exactly what went on in that lab there at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but it's time for the United States to defend itself. January 23rd, 2020. The Wuhan virus exploded. While Wuhan announced the lockdown of the city, Xi Jiangli and her team released a paper stating that the Wuhan coronavirus was of probable bat origin. This was published in Nature on February 3rd. The paper indicated that the Wuhan virus utilized the same key as SARS, 
to gain entry into the human body. She also announced the 2019 NCOV genome sequence was 96.2% consistent with a bat coronavirus originating in Yunnan, China, called RATG13, signaling a natural source of the Wuhan virus. However, Xi Jinping's natural origin assertion was doubtful. The outbreak occurred in Wuhan, the same location as the P4 laboratory where she was based, and which housed highly similar viruses. Common sense would lead the government to first inspect the P4 laboratory for any leakage incident and potential safety concerns. Instead, they shifted public attention from the P4 laboratory to the South China Seafood Wholesale Market that sold no bats and designated it as the origin of the disease. At the same time, authorities sealed off all virus samples, prevented international experts from joining the investigation, and used national television to slander doctors such as Li Wenliang, who disclosed the outbreak for spreading rumors. If the Wuhan virus indeed emerged naturally, why would the CCP need to censor relevant news or block investigations? Could the Wuhan P4 laboratory have its secrets? Virus samples and genome sequences may be the exact ingredients we need to find our answers. When I first heard of the coronavirus, I was deeply concerned. Almost every disease that starts in China begins in Guangdong province, the province that surrounds Hong Kong in the south. But Wuhan is in the central portion of the country. And so this was extremely unusual. And the fact that it might have started close to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the P4 biosafety lab, really was extremely troubling. It's not a conspiracy theory to think that the coronavirus came from the Wuhan lab. We don't know at this point. And until we know, the theory about the lab origin is certainly something that we should consider. I noticed that after the outbreak, the Wuhan Institute of Virology kept strangely quiet. Under normal circumstances, as the nation's highest level of virology research institute, it should be the first one to actively respond when the entire country is working around the clock attempting to control a disease like this. One that so closely fits the type of viruses its scientists were researching. In contrast, the Institute had a highly visible demonstration on CCTV of their efforts to detect and prevent the outbreak of virus V in pigs of Guangdong in 2018. It should be noted that the Wuhan Institute displayed a series of abnormal events since the start of 2020. January 2nd, an email from the Director General of the Institute to all internal staff was circulated. The subject was, Notice regarding the strict prohibition of disclosure of any information related to the Wuhan unknown pneumonia. National Health Commission clearly mandates that all detection, empirical data, results, and conclusions related to this outbreak cannot be published on self-media or social media, nor disclosed to any media, including state media or collaborative organizations, including any technical services companies. January 21st. A new drug, Remdesivir, provided for free by the United States to China for Wuhan coronavirus treatment, was preemptively patented by the Institute. February 3rd, Dr. Wu Xiaohua, 
blew the whistle using his real name that Xi Zhengli's haphazard laboratory management may have led the Wuhan virus to leak from the lab. February 4th, chairman of Duo Yi, Xu Bo, blew the whistle using his real name that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was suspected of manufacturing and leaking the Wuhan virus. February 7th, top biochemical weapon expert of the People's Liberation Army, Chen Wei, officially assumed control over Wuhan Institute of Virology's P4 laboratory. February 14th, Chinese leader Xi Jinping called for the inclusion of biosecurity into China's national security framework and to accelerate the introduction of a biosecurity law. February 15th, the Institute refuted widely spread rumors on Chinese social media that a female graduate, Huang Yanling, was patient zero and had perished. However, Huang's photo, CV, and thesis were all removed from the Institute's official website, leaving only her name. February 17, Institute researcher Chen Chuanjiao blew the whistle using her real name that Director General of the Institute, Wang Yanyi, was suspected of leaking the virus. I graduated from the University of Virginia in 1980. My first job was to go to the National Cancer Institute, which was housed at Fort Detrick, Maryland, the same place that houses the USAMRID, U.S. Army Research Institute on Infectious Disease, the biosafety level four facility equivalent of the Wuhan facility. And so at these facilities, it's where investigators who I went in there myself, you can see the breakdowns in safety and it's everywhere. And that's why I have no doubt the Chinese biosafety level four it was just as lacking in safety, in rigor. You can argue that they don't care. Suspected of leaking the virus, military biochemical weapons expert assumes control. Biosecurity law. Now, when these sensitive keywords are connected together, it tells me that the P4 laboratory is not an ordinary academic research institute. I decided to start from the beginning of the Wuhan P4 lab. On January 23rd, the day Wuhan was locked down, French website Challenges.fr published an article that revealed many details of the collaboration between France and China to establish the P4 laboratory in Wuhan. In 2003, after the SARS outbreak in China, the Chinese Academy of Sciences requested assistance from the French government to build a virology research center of the highest level. With the support of then-French Prime Minister Raffarin, the two countries signed a contract to jointly construct the P4 laboratory under a wave of contention. According to the contract, French architect RTV in Lyon was responsible for the engineering of the laboratory. However, Chinese authorities switched the work to a local Wuhan architect, IPPR, based on research conducted by the General Directorate of External Security. IPPR had close ties to subsidies of the Chinese military, some of which were already targets of concern by the American CIA. 
within the 12 subsidiary departments. There was even a specific military management office. The French delayed repeatedly, given security concerns. It wasn't until 2017 before the Wuhan P4 laboratory was operational, and French security continued to suspect that the Chinese regime was conducting biochemical weapons experiments. Who is the real boss of the P4 laboratory? The Wuhan P4 laboratory was a subsidiary of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is managed by China Academy of Sciences. The director of the laboratory was Yuan Ming, who was also the head of Chinese Academy of Sciences' Wuhan chapter. Design and funding for construction were the responsibilities of the ex-vice presidents of the academy. Jiang Mianheng from 1999 to 2011, and Chen Zhu from 2000 to 2007. Jiang Mianheng was the eldest son of ex-CCP leader Jiang Zemin. After Jiang Zemin ascended to power after the Tiananmen Square massacre, his son entered the academy and led the Institute of High Technologies Research and Development. Jiang Mianheng created the Shanghai Institute of Life Sciences, and together with China Academy of Sciences, Shanghai Colleges and Universities, Shanghai Hospitals, military hospitals and research institutions, formed a profit group of life sciences organizations. They controlled China's major life sciences research projects and allocation of massive funding. Jiang Jicheng, son of Jiang Mianheng, is the controlling shareholder of Wuxi Aptech, which in turn is controlling Fosun Pharmaceutical, China's agent for Remdesivir. Effectively, Jiang Jicheng is the kingpin behind the specific medicine for the outbreak. Meanwhile, Chen Zhu is the current president of the Red Cross Society of China, which had faced numerous scandals since the outbreak. In 1999, while Jiang Zemin was in power, the People's Liberation Army published a book, Unrestricted Warfare, in which strategies for a weaker nation to combat a stronger nation are discussed in the context of modern warfare. One of the authors, Chiao Liang, wrote, After the first Taiwan Strait crisis, we realized that if the Chinese and American military fought head-on, we are at a disadvantage. Therefore, we need a new strategy to help our military tilt the balance of power. This new strategy is called unrestricted warfare, a variety of means beyond all limits, without any restrictions. It could be military-related, including guerrilla warfare, terrorism, biochemical warfare, or it could be non-military-related, such as drug trafficking, poisoning, environmental destruction, and computer virus dissemination. Israeli expert in biological warfare and former intelligence officer Danny Shoham published a paper in 2015 in India's Journal of Defense Studies. He pointed out that China will not miss, skip, or abandon any highly advanced technology, especially military-related technology. 
The article noted that China had 12 facilities related to the Ministry of National Defense and 30 subsidiary facilities of the PLA participating in the research, development, manufacturing, testing, or storage of biological weapons. Dr. Francis Boyle, a Harvard PhD famous for drafting the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, clearly expressed the novel coronavirus we're seeing here is an offensive biological warfare weapon. The Federation of American Scientists indicated similar concerns in an evaluation report. The organization believed that the CCP possessed advanced chemical warfare projects, including research development, manufacturing, and weaponizing capabilities. The CCP is usually known to have a proactive biological warfare portfolio, including state-funded and sponsored research activities. I believe they have them. I believe they're developing them. I think they want to be the most advanced nation on Earth when it comes to biological weapons. The same as I believe that they do forced organ harvesting. The way I say the same as I believe that they have uh, concentration camps for Uyghurs. The way I believe that they have systematically killed millions of Falun Gong. It, it is the same thing with this regime. You can count on it. So Wuhan as an area, I think, is critical by the fact that there's a lot of concern about what China's ambitions are regarding long-term global domination. I'll just say it that. Their military doctrines indicated that they intend to be the dominant political and military force in the Pacific Rim. I've talked to senior members of the Trump administration who have had conversations with the senior Chinese generals, and that's what they basically say. It's in their doctrine, too. So we have to examine this new clue. That's, this is one piece of the, you know, Wuhan, biological warfare. Is this, does this mean something to these other things we're already seeing? Because the Chinese have already kind of stated this is their objective. So I think we have to analyze it through that lens. What does this mean to the larger political narrative of what China wants to do to dominate the region and potentially the world. We don't have to speculate about being at war. Last May, the Communist Party, through People's Daily, carried a piece which said that there was a quote-unquote people's war against the United States. They've declared war on us. We have to respond. There is a war. China's told us there's one. At present, the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic has spread to about 190 countries with no signs of slowing down. The United States announced a state of national emergency. Europe became the new center of the outbreak. The world's largest art museum, the Louvre, and the Eiffel Tower closed to the public. Tragic scenes, previously only found in Hollywood films, are now playing out live on the world stage. And given how closely it seemed to align with the Chinese regime's narratives, I can't help but question the role the WHO had in this catastrophic pandemic? Well, I think all you have to do is look at the photo of Tedros and Xi shaking hands. Xi standing there, Tedros going up to there, and it really is indicative of how China controls many of these international institutions. You can see that the WHO is essentially following Chinese Communist Party's guidelines. Um, you can see that the UN Human Rights Council is similarly following what China does. From the very beginning of the coronavirus outbreak, 
The Communist Party has done its best to prevent the CDC and others from studying the origin of this disease. We don't know what's there, but the fact that uh, the Communist Party is covering this up it shouldn't trouble us deeply. Then you see the World Health Organization take over YouTube. And what's amazing is now at the bottom of every YouTube video, even from Chris Martinson with his, uh, with his daily updates, he's just reading facts. Now it's the World Health Organization is a forced link to go to the site. So for any person who doesn't know what, who the World Health Organization is, they go there to get the propaganda. Not the facts, not the truth. They get the propaganda. They get the talking points from the World Health Organization. And that is also very, it's a shame that American corporations, especially social media, like Google, like Facebook and Twitter, they're trying to censor or, or ban or shadow ban or manipulate algorithms, so on and so forth, to prevent an actual honest conversation. The best way this is going to be answered, all this, we want the truth. The biggest issue I've learned over my 40-year career, it's not really fighting the viruses and learning how to treat the viruses. It's fighting a system that is determined to cover up and persecute anyone who reveals the truth behind. Today, the World Bank, many of the international institutions have essentially adopted a posture whereby if the Chinese Communist Party tells them to do it, they're going to do it. I'm not surprised at all by what the WHO says. I'm not surprised at all by IKO, which basically has been blocking people from that tweet about Taiwan. I mean, the, the whole system, and this is why, by the way, the national security strategy that came out in December 2017 says what it says, which is we need to protect our societies, not just the United States, but all democracies. We need to rebuild them, not invest Chinese Communist Party regime in the Belt and Road Initiative and Made in China 2025. And we need to inspire people again to believe in democracy. Every country has diseases, but in China, they become national emergencies and global emergencies because the real disease here is communism. A sprawling and aggressive disinformation campaign unleashed globally by the Chinese Communist Party. The propaganda push, which has escalated in recent weeks, aims primarily to deflect blame over the Chinese regime's botched handling of the Wuhan coronavirus, to sow discord internationally, and to portray the image that the regime has contained the outbreak. During the investigative interview process, well-known scientists who once suggested a laboratory origin of the virus declined to be interviewed one after another. Some avoided the topic of virus origin completely. Some had already composed scientific arguments but abruptly retracted their papers. I felt as if a giant net of censorship was cast by the CCP over virologists around the world. Silence at this time could have consequences for the health and lives of billions of people. I watch CNN, I watch Fox, I watch CBS, and I try to make my own assessment. And a lot of the time, you can figure out what's really going on by what they're not saying. And in this case, there's a lot of things not being said. Bottom line, they want to make money from China. They fear the Chinese repercussions if they air this stuff. It just gives you an indication of how powerful the Chinese Communist Party is. The Chinese Communist Party suppressing speech in the West because these companies make money from China and they're afraid that they're not going to make it. The Chinese Communist Party is going to punish them if they essentially publish this stuff or allow it to be aired. There is no other reason. I think we have to recognize your audience who haven't seen it. I highly recommend Chernobyl because the same basic government governance model that screwed up Chernobyl 
I would argue, is now in charge of the response of the coronavirus. So whatever you saw go wrong in Chernobyl, you could still see that potential here. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad. I'm just saying that the party, the central party, is the thing which they want to protect, their power. And people and nation issues are secondary to the continuation of power. The Communist Party is malign and it is grossly irresponsible. It has pressured governments to keep their borders open and it had to know that that would result in the fast spread of coronavirus to other countries. This is uh, the worst sort of behavior and the world's got to understand that there will not be peace, there will not be good order and stability in the world as long as the Communist Party rules China. The Wall Street Journal writes a piece as China is a sick man of Asia. It needs to be corrected. It's not China is a sick man of Asia. It is a communist Chinese party that's a sick man of Asia. The Communist Party has policies that people abhor. And it's not just its reaction to the coronavirus. We see this with the suppression of rights, also with the holding uh, perhaps a million people, maybe even three million people in concentration camps. So um, this is just the essential nature of Chinese communism. Chinese communism is evil. While China pretends to be a responsible member of the international community, in reality, they are doing much to undermine the rule of law and human rights. We at the Epoch Times refer to the Wuhan coronavirus, or COVID-19, as the CCP virus, because the Chinese Communist Party's cover-up and mishandling allowed the virus to spread throughout China and create a global pandemic. On March 24th, Texas lawyer Larry Clayman filed a complaint in Texas federal court seeking at least $20 trillion from the Chinese government. Clayman said in a statement, quote, The Chinese people are a good people, but their government is not, and it must be made to pay dearly. On April 4th, the British think tank Henry Jackson Society advocated for compensation of 351 billion pounds from the CCP to the UK, and that the government should pursue it through international courts. The same report called for a total compensation of 3.2 trillion pounds to the G7 for the damages caused by the cover-up of the outbreak. On the same day, the All India Bar Association filed a complaint to the United Nations Human Rights Council seeking an unspecified amount as reparations from China over the global spread of the coronavirus. Evidently, the CCP violated the international health regulations. The United States and the international community must regain their senses and take action, reveal the truth through investigations, initiate sanctions against the CCP, and seek massive restitution for the worldwide public health emergency resulting in tremendous health and economic loss. As the people of Taiwan and Hong Kong are insisting, only by trying to stay away from the CCP's invasion can we protect ourselves in this global disaster. Let's start protecting ourselves. Let's start rebuilding our country. Let's start investing in our people. Let's start inspiring people to love democracy and transparency and open markets, not what the Chinese have, which is essentially, if you read document number nine, counter to every single one of those things. So, I mean, it gives us a real opportunity to kind of reevaluate the kind of world we want to live in and fight for the right side of that world. I want them to see the true nature of the Chinese Communist Party because when they do, they're going to wake up 
And when that happens, democracies will begin to flourish again. And when that happens, perhaps, just perhaps, the people of China will have a chance. All this week now, we have been hearing from the administration and the White House that they know basically what this guy is telling you is real. And they know that the this is a bioweapon. They, they've known this from day one, but now they're coming out and saying it. And in fact, Trump was talking today that he's launching a full investigation. In fact, every agency there is is launching a full investigation on China and this, uh, this uh, biowarfare laboratory. So this is going to be a big thing. There's going to be more uh, data out. There's going to be more documentaries. There's going to be more proof. And you're going to hear the communists both in China and the ones in the House of Congress and the other Democrats in the United States. You're going to hear all of these communists downplaying and invalidating all of these uh, suppositions, hypotheses, investigations, documentaries, and all the proof. This is being broken down. Uh, physiologically, the virus itself is being dissected and broken down, and they're finding all the components. Now they've got to find out where the source came from because the source is where you get the basic building blocks of any virus. All right, now we're going to get into, and this is just a little quick blurb, sort of to cover up, to cover, I'm not cover up, but to cover everything that the Muslims have been doing worldwide during this whole uh, Wuhan virus thing. First off, they're rioting everywhere. See, the thing, the thing is, every country on earth that has allowed these invaders inside their borders massively, they call them immigrants, is basically afraid to to uh, monitor them and to require them to follow the morals and the rules of the country. So the, when everyone else is locked down at home, the Muslims are all out, like in the UK and Norway, and uh, they're they're out rioting, robbing, burning cars, ste- just doing all that normal crap that Muslims do. In Belgium, they're rioting, even though everybody else is at home. The Muslims are out rioting. And it's not much better in the United States all during the time that we've been locked down in the United States. The State Department has been flying Muslims in all over the U.S. In the past four weeks, over a thousand Afghan, what they call refugees, and what I call invaders. Over a thousand of these invaders have been flown in in the past four weeks and deposited in various places around the United States. There's going to be a reckoning of this. There's no question about it. And it's not going to be pretty. Now we're going to uh, get into the category of the liberal psychosis, and that's the uh, party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, and fear. We've been hearing all about how nurses and doctors have uh, been been threatening Trump supporters that if they know that they're Trump supporters, they're not going to work on them or they'll let them die first or some such crap. But mostly, those have been bogus. Well, here's some real ones. A registered nurse is threatened. This uh, this guy came on Twitter and he shows his mask his wife made for him. It says, it's a red mask and it says on the front, Trump 2020. And this communist said uh, on Twitter, her name is Erica Waters, at Naples Alley Cat, said, uh, I'll see you in the ER. Please wear your mask so when we have to decide who gets the vent or oxygen, it'll be easier. That is disgusting. And if I hear about it. The uh, Schumer's going to hit the fan, as it did in Coeur d'Alene. I heard that there was a, a doctor at the Kootenai Hospital here who was threatening the sheriff of Bonner County, saying, just don't show up at our hospital because we might decide not to treat you. I mean, that's basically it. 
Okay, I'll have the link to it. It came out a little letter that this uh, arrogant smartass posted at the Bonner County Daily Bee, where he does this. His name is Dr. Robert J. Burnett. So I decided to write a letter. Well, I wrote one letter to the governor, and then I wrote another letter to each of our congressmen, and then another letter to each of our senators in the state, and then another letter to every newspaper in the state of Idaho, and then another letter to the the medical board of the state of Idaho. I think I wrote 15 letters. Oh, this guy's not happy. He's not happy at all. But this is what you can do, you see. When somebody pulls this kind of crap, don't just don't sit there and, and bitch about it. You can write letters. Well, you know, you can write letters, you can write emails. And if you nice thing about emails, you can cut and paste. You just change the name of the, who's getting it. Seattle Police Chief. All the police chiefs and mayors in the states of Seattle and Oregon seem to be sexual perverts or communists. So you're going to love this. I love this. This is so great. So now Seattle police chief is telling all the citizens to dial 911 if they hear any racist name calling. If they hear any racist name calling, call 911. Yeah, that's what 911 needs is to have to have um, to be locked up not being able to answer emergency calls because some dimwit didn't like the idea that that uh, I called him a snowflake or something like that. Okay, now, speaking of sexual perverts, the the uh, Democrats, which is synonymous for pervert, look up the term pervert in the dictionary, you'll understand. They're pushing to get uh, the transvestites allowed back into the U.S. military. See, what transvestites do, and they have been doing this now for 20 years, and you know what a transvestite is. That's a guy that, that uh, pretends he's a female. And then if he gets enough validation from doing that, he decides to have the operation where they tuck it off, fold it under, whatever they do, to turn him into a pretend female that at first glance, you think is a female. So they get in the military, and then they ask for the operation, and the, and the U.S. government pays for the operation. Trump said, that's enough of that crap, and he, and he canceled it. So now they're trying to rescind that and allow transvestites back into the military. That's just what I want, is to have some guy who doesn't even know what sexy is protecting my back. Their uh, website, Daily Costs, dailykos.com, it's a communist website. This is the website where the CIA gives them talking points to give to all of the media and the Democrats in the United States. They're talking about this thing just came out, and and I'll quote it. The BBC's flagship news show blows open the real truth about COVID-19. Basically, what this is, is the race card. It's saying all white people, because they're all rich and racist, can be treated first, and they they have a better chance of living. And all people of color will die because Trump's a racist, and so are all white people. I'm not kidding you. I'll have the link to it. This is a, this is a, the astounding thing. This is, and the bad thing is that there's actually people out here who believe this crap. Remember in Los Angeles, uh, the, the sheriff uh, closed all the gun shops and then released over 4,000 inmates because they, they were worried about the uh, coronavirus fears. So he releases, I mean, think about this. He releases all of these criminals. Now, in Los Angeles, 75% of the criminals are illegal aliens, gang members. So he releases them, then he closes the gun shops, and now he's worried about a, um, he's worried about a, a, a crime uh, rise. So he's doubling up on deputy patrols because the, he, he's, he expects a surge in crime. This is the insanity of liberalism, the insanity of the Democrats. And then they're going to complain because there's too many guns on the street. So Attorney General Bill Barr, he warns, 
uh, anyone uh, that uh, and warns everyone in the United States, you better not be hoarding any more medical supplies. Medical medical supplies are necessary and needed by the hospitals and medical uh, personnel throughout the United States. You better not be hoarding them, or work, the Department of Justice is coming after you with both barrels. Magically, three days later, Communist Union Service Employees International Union, in other words, SEIU, found 39 million N95 masks and will gladly make them available to state and local governments in the healthcare system. Speaking of communists, an interesting study has been released. Uh, it has to do with with uh, self-reporting uh, mental illnesses. Uh, it turns out that the more liberal you are, the more you feel being mentally defective is a plus point for you. And you will go and you will go to a doctor and say, "I'm depressed. Uh, I'm a failure. I, I don't know what's going on with me. Please give me a drug." And uh, so it's like, and and you can read this. And I have it. I have the article. And uh, white liberals more likely to be mentally ill and depressed, which we knew that anyway. And again, it's the white because see, in liberalism and communism, the white people are the evil ones. They're the ones that have the most to lose in life. They're the ones that have caused the destruction and the evil that has has beset all other races worldwide. So therefore, the more liberal you are, the more you you uh, flow into the communist mentality, the worse you feel guilt. The worse you feel, uh, the more guilt you feel, and that drives you crazy, literally. So when you, when you compare conservatives to very liberals or communists, the conservative is more sane. And there's an actual study here. <laughs> You can read it yourself, and it'll explain uh, everything that I'm talking about. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Joe Biden has been actually charged uh, in a criminal complaint for sexual assault. Her name is Tara Reid, and according to her, Joe Biden uh, attacked her sexually. She filed a police report. It happened in 1993. No media whatsoever has talked about this no reporter has asked uh, joe about this well let's see talk about hypocrisy everybody was making even making them up to attack trump now there was a there's a big thing big push happening right now about mail in ballots and about voting because of the the wuhan virus problem and the lockdown and they, uh, you know, it's hard for people to get out now, theoretically, and dangerous for people to get out now, theoretically. So states are changing their primaries and putting them off. But the communists are going to be pushing hardcore for mail-in ballots nationwide. Now, what could go wrong with that? <laughs> Other than stuffing the ballot boxes, which happened, the Democrats do every single election, every single year... In the uh, 2016 and 2018 elections, over 16.4 million mail-in ballots disappeared. How do you know they disappeared? Because the people that placed the vote called in and said, Where, where'd my ballot go? Did, did, did it, you guys ever get it? Nope. So you're talking 16.4 million minimum mail-in ballots already disappeared. Mail-in ballot is the new way 
for the Democrats to assure that only Democrats win. Because what I have found, when they count ballots, unless everyone in the room is a Republican, then there's going to be cheating. Even here in Coeur d'Alene, we have the same problem, and it's it's so widespread. The level of competence in polling and in handling the ballots and the mail-ins is so it's so vivid and so powerful that there's no way in hell we can have a ever have a legitimate balloting process with with uh, mail-in ballots. I don't know. So the Three Stooges formally decided to go after Trump again. You know, uh, the pile of Schiff, uh, Feinstein, and um, this new pile, uh, Harris. The three Democrats, of course. And they're gonna, they want to examine U.S. government preparedness in advance of this pandemic. The, re, the federal government's response to it and provide recommendations to improve our ability to respond to and recover from future outbreaks, ec- epidemics, and pandemics. In other words, we're going after Trump again. Nobody's really paying that much attention to it this time because it's just as st- stupid as the first, what, four times? Anyway, and then and then the hypocrisy gets... People are are hungry. You have signs every day. You have videos every day of thousands of people in food lines. People lining up to get food. because they, And they've never done this before, so they don't know how to do it. But they're lining up. So what does Nancy Pelosi do? Takes a video of herself, a picture of herself, with um, a giant custom freezer full of ice cream that she eats. And then she brags about it. Well, she also had a video of of herself on February 24th in Chinatown saying everybody should come down here. It's so much fun. I want everyone to eat at their favorite Chinese restaurant. There's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Hypocrisy, again, as usual. As soon as it was brought to her attention that her video was still on the internet, she went and deleted it. The only problem is that once something's on the internet, it's there forever. Tucker had something to say about this phenomenon that occurs with the Democrats. As this deadly virus emerged from eastern China and began to spread inexorably across the globe, clearly headed here, leaders in New York not only failed to shield their citizens from it, they took affirmative and aggressive steps to increase the risk to their population. Why would they do that? Well, because they were worried far more about being called racist than protecting human lives. That's not an overstatement. That's not hyperbole. Watch the city's health commissioner, Cyrus Barbett, urge New Yorkers to spend as much time as possible in crowded public places. Keep in mind, this video was from February 2nd of this year. That was long after the threat from the Chinese coronavirus was obvious to anyone who was paying attention. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low and that our preparedness as a city is very high. There is no reason not to take the subway, not to take the bus, not to go out to your favorite restaurant, and certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. How can someone charged with protecting public health so recklessly endanger it? They watch this performance from State Senator John Liu, too. Liu suggested that people who might be concerned in any way about contracting a deadly disease, or who might be interested in where it came from, must be, and you guessed it, bigots. 
But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy people. As an Asian American, I've been somewhat disturbed, if not outright appalled, at some of the comments or gestures that I have seen. In other words, as a member of a protected interest group, I'm ordering you to ignore this threat to your family on moral grounds. Go to the parade or else. That's what Lou is saying. Let's hope that in the wake of this disaster, after John Lou has lost his job and we can all think clearly again, people will stop talking this way in public for good. It was always the most brutal form of social control, masquerading as sensitivity and caring. Now we know it was infecting the public with disease. But at the time, sentiments like this were universal among big city public officials. State Senator Brian Kavanaugh, for example, decided to embark on a crusade against what he called misinformation, a euphemism, as it so often is, for accurate information. Kavanaugh encouraged people to head to Chinatown for a festival. It's very important uh, that we recognize that this holiday and this festival is of tremendous uh, significance for many communities in our state, and uh, it is very important that we ensure that we don't have misinformation, and many of the media have been covering uh, this issue uh, as if it's you know a terrible plague that uh, people have to avoid. If you don't go to a crowded public place immediately, you're a racist. Look at those people. By early March, coronavirus was clearly becoming a major problem in the United States. But for elected officials in New York, the only problem was their constituents' racist worries about staying alive. On March 2nd, this March 2nd, Mayor Bill de Blasio tweeted this, quote, Since I'm encouraging New Yorkers to go on with your lives, plus get out on the town despite coronavirus, I thought it would offer some suggestions. Here's the first. Through Thursday, go see The Traitor. If The Wire was a true story plus set in Italy, it would be this film. That's right. Go to a movie theater immediately. A week later, de Blasio was still encouraging New Yorkers to live it up and mingle in large groups. On March 11th, which keep in mind was barely two weeks ago, de Blasio was still insisting that, quote, if you're not sick, you should be going about your life. That very same day, the NBA announced it was suspending its whole season. Italy was already several days into a national lockdown, but the mayor of one of the world's most crowded cities was telling everyone to carry on as though the Chinese coronavirus was just a racist myth. Soon after that, people in New York inevitably started to get sick, in some cases very sick, in some cases they died. And then suddenly de Blasio was on Meet the Press shrieking that Donald Trump had abandoned the city. It was their fault, all their fault. That line almost always works, which is why de Blasio did it. The media play along and move on to the next thing, and no one remembers what actually happened. All right, now we're going into the category of government threat. There is a gentleman I know, Tom Linden. Uh, I've met him years ago when I started my uh, radio show. He he soon started one uh, like mine in the UK. Now, he uh, his radio show is, is uh, UK Preppers Radio Network. That's where it's at. And he filed a complaint with West Yorkshire police after he saw reports in local media that Muslims in Bradford and Leeds were gathering at mosques for Friday prayers in violation of the isolation rules. See, the UK, not liking Christianity, ordered all Christian churches to be closed, but not mosques. So he talked about it on his show. Next thing you know, the police are at his place. And they're interviewing him. See, it's it's bad to state the truth in uh, the EU because that makes you a racist. So anyway, he, he it's a video. He actually took a video and he recorded the whole thing. I'm not going to play it because most of the uh, words there I, I don't quite understand myself. 
but you can hear it and I'll have the links posted on it. And that's not that's not the worst part. A shopper goes shopping and in his basket he has a bottle of wine. He gets fined. He gets a ticket from the UK police because it's not an essential item. He bought he dared to buy something that was not an essential item. And then here's another article with the UK police. One of the guy's neighbors complained because his music was too loud. So four police officers kicked in his door to make sure there was no social gathering there in violation of the rules. It was just him. They broke in his door. You know, that's a difference between being a subject or a citizen. In the UK, you're a subject of the crown. In the United States, you're a citizen of the United States. And that's the difference. So in the UK, the police literally can do anything that they want. Here, they do anything that they want also, but when they get caught, they usually get their wrists slapped at least. Now, those of you in New York City, I'm sorry to tell you, but your your mayor has decided that New York City needs to be destroyed. So he has ordered the New York will not open until July or August at the earliest. So he's really, I don't know who's paying him because it sure as hell isn't the taxes that you guys are paying him in New York. He's decided that you guys are too dangerous to each other so that he's going to make uh, he's going to make New York stay closed for another, oh, two months or so, or three months, or, or four months, or whatever he deems necessary until you guys get off your butts and you decide for yourself what's necessary but it's not going to happen in new york there's it's just it's peopled with communists and this is a thing here's the thing now look this is people are not paying taxes uh, just i'll to give you idaho idaho sales taxes are down 90 percent 90 percent businesses aren't paying them because why businesses are closed people aren't shopping they're not out at macy's and kohl's and pennies and you know they're not out shopping because the stores are closed unless they're essential and the same thing's happening in new york city the same thing's happening in san francisco the same thing's happening all over the place taxes are evaporating the cities counties states they're spending to uh, fight this this virus or or fight this uh, whatever the hell it is but where are they getting the money? Well, we, it's not from taxes, and that's where most states get their money. Well, we'll see what happens with this. Big tech and state governors are getting together, and I've seen, I've been seeing this kind of thing happen for 20 years now. They want to initiate tracking for healthy people, for people who have been uh, tested positive, for people who have have, uh, recovered from the Wuhan virus. And they're coming out with all kinds of interesting apps. And you just go ahead and put it on your phone. And then uh, you make sure that the app can tell where you are at all times. And if you want to be a good citizen, that's what you're going to do. We're hearing this from all facets, including the... uh, the Satan himself, Bill Gates. Well, let's just put an app. We can put an app out there, and then we can track everybody who's safe, and we can let them know that they're too close to the guy in front of them. You know, all of this stuff. This is they want this to be widespread. Well, guess guess where they're getting this idea? 
It's called Communist China. And I've already told you this. The Communist Chinese government mandates that all citizens have a cell phone and have it active so that the government can tell where they are, when they are, and how long they are. Well, this is bad, okay? But, if you can believe it, i got something worse than this. Now, I'm going to play a little clip of this thing. It's a commercial, and I had to cut a few things out. But you'll understand, and I'll explain when you listen to this. What if there was a simpler way of knowing how you're doing, how you're really doing? A way to end the monotony of this and enjoy the freedom of this. To take the difficulties and the hassles that you've always known and replace them with the comfort and the warmth of home. Lumi is transformative science that pairs smart technology on the outside with advanced chemistry on the inside. A single Lumi microsensing fiber provides months of actionable medical-grade data on your body's key biochemistry. Anytime, anywhere, in a continuous data stream, making information immediate, allowing the right decisions to be made at the right time. So whether you're in the field, everything looks good, Mr. Daniels. You can be discharged today. Returning home. Or training to be a better you. Lumi answers the most important question. How am I? 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 How are you? All right. So what they were talking about is that if you have diabetes, you've got to prick your blood, your finger, get some blood, do a test on it. If you have a cardiac problem, doctors want to implant uh, sensing units so that they can tell how you're doing. This company came out with a gel, a biometric gel. Now, the gel deteriorates after a certain period of time. But what it does is it takes all of your your internal readings, your blood pressure, uh, the oxygen level in your blood, the uh, how fast your heart is is beating, your temperature. Uh, it takes it takes all of these different vital s- signals, and you wear a little. A, it's about the size of a silver dollar and about a quarter inch thick. That is adhesive to your skin. Now, this gel is about the size of a silver dollar also. It's injected under your skin. And then you put this set, this unit on your arm, and it literally can be read from satellites. I'm serious. It's a sending unit, and it can be read from satellites. And they were giving examples of people, uh, of diabetics, giving examples of uh, athletes, of the military. And they were being monitored at all times. So this is a this is a new system of monitoring you. Not really a radio frequency identification chip. It's a little piece it's a gel that dissolves after a certain amount of time. I have a link to them, just so you know so you can look at it yourself and see what's going on with it. Now one of the one of the things that we've been having a problem with in the world, not just in the United States, is the fact, and this is the fact, this our media is controlled by the Central Intelligence Agency. They're told what to do. They're and they're, it's all the stations are told. Every single station, 
gets gets a readout that says this is what you're going to talk about. These are the words you're to use. This is a psychological thing. The words are basically studied and tested to get the best results they can from from being used on the air. They want to propagandize certain things and all media go along with it. They don't ask. They just do it. I've played a few different clips of this kind of phenomenon occurring, but I got another one here that really nails it down. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we, we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 What you just saw is a perfect example of the fact that the TV news is not news at all, but rather a tool used by the elite to keep the masses in check. Thomas Jefferson said, quote, A well-informed citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. What do you think? Is the general public well-informed? Do the majority of people really understand what is happening to our country? How many people know what's in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights? The fact of the matter is this. People have become so obsessed with entertainment, technology, and mass communication that they've forgotten who we are and where we come from. They've traded their freedom for useless toys and are totally unaware of how we got that freedom in the first place. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. See, you get the idea? Now, all of those stations that you heard, all of those broadcasters you heard, there was ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, the only news station, the only news network out there that is not controlled by the CIA, One America News Network, O-A-N-N. I used to trust Fox and I used to trust Drudge Report. Now, I, I think I, I uh, if you guys listen to me uh, at any time previously, I don't remember how many months ago, the DrudgeReport.com, which Trump has talked about many times, not recently, because it seems to have been bought out and it's now controlled by organizations that are against Trump because what they're doing now is starting to promote and post hundreds of anti-Trump messages. You know, I don't know how to explain this to you, to you guys. There's a point in life where hopefully most of you can reach where you're no longer programmable. Unfortunately, it's been proven otherwise, but I, but I have hope for mankind. People are easily programmed. And it's very insidious. This is the reason psychology was invented in the late 1800s. 
because the elites needed ability to basically program the citizens of the world to do what they what they want them to do and this is how they do it there's different ways they can do it okay the easiest way is the news programs because generally people are lazy they get up in the morning they turn on they turn on CBS or they turn on NBC or they turn on MSNBC or they turn on Fox they turn on whoever and then they go about getting ready for work listening to that news and it could be as insidious as, well, we have a report out here now that Trump actually knew that people could possibly die four months before the first person died in the United States. What do you think about that? Okay, that's just a little insidious start to where the point now they're coming out saying Trump has blood on his hands. He knew this was happening. He failed. This is the Trump plague. And it gets worse and worse. Now, remember, it doesn't matter if it's Trump out there. Any Republican who actually stands up on his hind two legs and says, I'm going to do what I know is best, he's going to be attacked. So it just happens to be the word Trump this time. You know, I was listening to this now. I'm cleaning up my studio, and I just, I'm going through all of these tapes that I have from all the different commercials I've cut over the years. I'm looking at tapes back to 94. I learned maybe 20 years ago, maybe yeah, more than that, <laughs> way more than that, unfortunately. I learned not to be programmed. I can't be propagandized to. I can hear the crap, but you know what? I can tell the difference between Schumer and Shinola. And when I heard that Clinton was running for office as president, I called up a friend of mine at the Second Amendment Foundation, and I said, I want 10,000 impeach Clinton bumper stickers right now. And he laughs. He goes, he's not even elected. I said, he will be. Because I listened. I could hear what was being said by the media and by all the pundits and everywhere. <clears throat> I could I could listen. I, I knew this was propaganda. I knew it was being pushed. And the right buttons are, were being pushed at the time. So I got those 10,000 bumper stickers. Now, I had a gun shop on a corner of 8th and K Street in downtown Modesto. And on my front window, which was uh, about 10 foot wide and about 4 feet tall, I had some very ornate iron bars. On election day... <clears throat> I posted about 200 of those bumper stickers on those bars. All the bus drivers in town would drive their buses by so people could see those bumper stickers. The newspaper came out and took pictures of it. And the reporter came in and said, he's not even been elected yet. So you think he's going to be elected? I said, no, I know he's going to be elected. Because that's the propaganda that's being pushed out, both covertly and overtly. And sure as shooting, he got elected. I think I still have some of those bumper stickers laying around. But the problem is this, is that people don't know the difference between Schumer and Shinola. That's, a, that's something that should have been taught as a child. And now we have the, the millennials. The millennials, unfortunately, are, have been so programmed to an electronic life that if it's not on Facebook, it's not real. And if it is on Facebook, it's real. Why, I just saw that four mice raped a dog. It's real. And I'd say, well, uh, send me the link to it. I want to see the source. Oh, you just don't understand. You know what? You're right. I don't. I'm an actual journalist. And what we do, real journalists, we have to have source or we don't talk about it. And that's what makes me different than ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, every, all of the mainstream media. If I don't have verifiable proof, I don't waste my time talking about it. And if somebody tells you something and says, look at what's happening, look at what's happening here, look what happened there, my God, look what's going to happen here, say, do you have proof? Do you have source? Who said that? We all have to be more intelligent than we are. We all have to be more responsible than we are. You have to be responsible for the effects your 
stupidity creates on others. You have to be responsible also. You have to be responsible for the effects your intelligence creates on others too. There are some people out there who, who totally cannot, cannot exist in a universe of truth. And by you saying something that's real, you, you could really upset them. And if you're going to tell people stuff, if you're going to say no, the truth is blankety blank blank, you better have source for that. You better have some source. As I said, this virus, like all viruses, will be passed by stupid. My son showed me a um, corollary to that or, or you know, re- a revision to that that uh, he saw on, on Facebook. And it says, basically, the ability of this virus to spread is based on two factors. Number one, how dense the population is. Number two, how dense the population is. Anyway, if you need anything from Survival Enterprises, remember we got the zinc in. Uh, it's not on the website yet. As soon as I can get around to it, I'll get it up on the website. Meanwhile, you're going to need to contact us for it. 800-753-1981. That's 800-753-1981. Survival Enterprises. We're in Hayden, Idaho. And if you're around about the uh, Hayden store on Government Way, stop in. Uh, We'll be more than happy to talk to you. We're closed uh, Sunday and Monday. That's just for the retail aspect. Our phones are open seven days a week. Anyway, keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Pay attention to what's happening out there and make sure that you can tell the difference between Schumer and Shinola.